please be advised, this week's episode contains strong language and colorful metaphors. This episode has been sponsored by MapHook. Hello and welcome to The Gray Area, where I dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 31st episode in a weekly series, What Happens on the Gray Area Stays on the Gray Area. Last week's episode was a discussion with Josh, Tinsian, and myself on emulators and Diablo 3. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Sunday, August 21st, and today I speak with Lessa and Samus from the podcast DDO Cocktail Hour. Before we get started, let's do news of the week. Hi, you guys. Hi. Uh, what? <laughs> that was huh? really super polished. You're awesome. I say the same you thing 31 times. Stuff? Yeah. <laughs> God, I'm so impressed. I mean, you know, I listened to your show last week, and... I was impressed with it, end, but you're really great. Wow. If that's all it takes to impress you, it's going to be an awesome <laughs> podcast. No, I'm so easy. <laughs> already, already a, bless his look. head's three quarters up your anus. It's great. <laughs> Don't be jealous, baby, because I got here first. <laughs> We're girlfriends. I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> Human you knew centipede. what you were getting you when you got us, right? You knew, <laughs> you, you knew what you were getting into. So I just want every, oh, we just want all of your listeners to know who are probably sane and sober and serious and all have jobs that uh, <laughs> she knew what she was getting into when she invited us on the show. I was told in detail, and that's why there is a disclaimer at the beginning of this podcast. So if you've <laughs> come happens, this far, you have only yourself to blame. What happens on the podcast stays on the <laughs> that's, podcast. That's the title, baby. <laughs> All right, let's go news of the week. Tell me if you guys know anything about these games as well. The Lord of the Rings War in the North is being released August 24th for PS3, Xbox 360, and PC. Driver San Francisco is due out August 30th for those who like that franchise. I don't think I've really gotten into that too far, but it's supposed to be a good one. And Lessa, Minecraft Pocket Edition hits the Android Xperia Play today exclusively for $6.99 with later Android versions hitting in the near future. Oh my god! No. It's <laughs> freaking awesome! Apparently this is an alpha build as well, so people are kind of excited about it. Sweet! Yes. The PS3 price drops to $249 effective now. I'm guessing that's because the PlayStation Vita's out, so you can probably expect this to drop further. Uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution comes out Tuesday. Very excited in my household for that. The third of the series, and we have it pre-ordered. And then I have some interesting news from Larry Everett from the column Massively. He had a a kind of thought that I thought I'd share with you all. He's having a choose-your-own-adventure chance for the readers of Massively to guide him into what game he should play next. And what he says is, quote, for the next six weeks, I want you to choose my adventure for me. As I mentioned, I've tried nearly every major title in the last decade, but I haven't spent a lot of time on all of them. After the break, I will describe some of the games I believe will be great, and you can choose one for me. As a special bonus, on Friday at six, I will introduce to you each of the games on the live stream channel. And the choices right now are running Age of Conan, uh, Black Prophecy, City of Villains, EverQuest 2, Free Realms, Global Agenda, Perfect World, Rift, Star Trek Online, and Vindictus. And Rift is winning by 41%. 
I dare you to submit Barbie Horse Adventure. <laughs> I dare awesome. you. You don't. You don't have any guts if you don't do it. <laughs> let me see. Let me see. If you have that option, <laughs> or if you must choose, if he's really only choosing your adventure within so those ten. Barbie Horse Adventure. <laughs> do it. Uh, no shame. All right. The Sims relationship. I would probably vote for EverQuest too, because Age of Conan just has boobs. Oh, uh, EverQuest is twenty-one percent, so it's up there. It's it's like second or third. It could happen. We'll yep. see. That is my major news of the week. Um, I'm just preparing for Dragon Con, playing a lot of Bastion, and <laughs> trying to get my title Defender of the Shadow World in WoW. And I have to say that I've spent the entire weekend creating uh, phyllo dough, lemon chicken puffs, and pork roast to try to suck up to my husband because I'm a horrible wife. <laughs> and I never cook for him. Oh, So now see? I have to spend the day like cooking to make up for the last six months when I haven't done anything. You know, you're getting yourself into a trap there. How so? You just never cook. They just never expect you to do it. So you just, you know. Oh, I'm setting him up for disappointment. Exactly. I should have a low standard. Exactly. (laughs) Hello. You have to set the bar super, super low. This is like, (laughs) men know this. This is male 101. If you don't want to do the laundry, screw it up once. She'll never let you touch it again. It's the same. It's the same concept, but in reverse. Well, see, I've tried that, and no one's taken it. It's wisdom, ladies. (laughs) Or you screw up on accident, and they think you did it on purpose, and then you get in trouble. Yeah, like the time Samus made a whole podcast disappear. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was when we first started. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, he never he didn't touch the website like for a year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Samus. I'm a professional web designer. I do not do <laughs> blog software. <laughs> he got so mad. Oh my god, it was so funny, it made me cry. He says it was such a stain. Blog software. <laughs> Alright, you guys know I'm usually all about structure. Today I'm going to relax oh, and just yeah. go with it. So whatever happens... <laughs> oh, you, you were doing news and we've interrupted you twice now. No. <laughs> <laughs> do you like to hear my news? Yes, it's, that's news. my question to you. What is your news of the week? Oh, yeah, I have news. And then I have something that I just want to put out there into Samus Grubo's face because I know that he's a, a, a fan of that particular show that I'll mention in just a second. I want you to know that... Rise of the Planet of the Apes has made $133 million so far, mm-hmm. and it only costs $93 million to make, and I still haven't seen it. Oh, it's awesome. It is amazing. You have I to see it. really want to see, see it. See, James really Franco, not a fan, but I love that movie. You have to see it. And Conan the Barbarian only made $10 million over the weekend. See, I haven't gone. I know you're a fan of, of the lead character in that. I don't remember his name. Jason Momoa. Oh, <laughs> you just don't even know. I'm sorry. He's not my type. He just doesn't do it for me. That's because you. That's because you haven't looked at him enough. <laughs> well, maybe if he takes off his shirt and runs around with his little kilt thing on for a while. He his shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> I hear he's more like the comics. So people think he's a, a more realistic Conan rather than you know Arnold. But I, I don't know. All I know is. From the two Stargate Atlantis characters, Rodney McKay is kicking Conan's behind. So there you go. Go oh, see Rise. Well, the other thing I wanted was to tell Samus Grobo that the Glee 3D concert movie has mm. so far made $10 million. And it only cost $9 million to make. So in your face, Samus Grobo. I'm just saying. That means there's at least 9 million stupid people. <laughs> <laughs> at least. 
You know, I don't think we even have that in my area. I wonder if it's been banned for some reason. It was only opened in uh, 2000. It was only released in like 2000 theaters. It was really select. Oh, okay. Will it expand or is that it? No. No, they won't. And it was. It's only. A, it only is doing a two-week run and then that's it. Aww. Not that. Not that I follow that stuff. <laughs> of course not. Or anything, but so, I really do. The only reason I know about Glee is because it hit Netflix, so the entire first season's on there, and that's why I've watched it. But otherwise, you know, I, I haven't really seen it on, like, regular standard cable, but now I really like it, and I want to see the rest of the seasons. I oh. say it unashamedly, just like you. Yeah, it's okay. We'll talk later when you're into season two. Okay. When you feel like you have nobody that understands you, come to me, okay? <laughs> I understand you. I get you, Genesee. There we go. That's right. Vaginas stick together. Only <laughs> <laughs> your dreams. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, in honor of the DDO Cocktail Hour, I think we should share drinks. Um, I'm drinking a rum and coke with vanilla-flavored Tortuga rum. It's very tasty, and uh, it's really the only reason I went to Tortuga was to get the rum. So how about you, uh, Samus and Lessa? Are you drinking in, in what, if so? I'm having a margarita of my own design. I actually use uh, Patron Silver Tequila, one shot. Well, <laughs> <laughs> one shot measured. with some uh, crushed ice, and then um, I put in a, another shot of a shot of Contro, and then I use on the border margarita mix, and it's fantastic. Nice. It tastes awesome. I highly recommend it. But you, it, it's uh, it's Monday evening Eve, Monday Eve, so I'm having a sweet tea. That's the that's the rule for Monday Eve. Work comes early. I understand. Okay. So besides DDO, what other games are you playing now? Um, Lessa, why don't you go first? Because I read your blog, so I have some idea. Yeah, I actually play another game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole summer has really been monopolized with Minecraft because I got into it, and then my kids started getting into it, and my husband got into it, and it was like. We st- we host our own server. It's like a family server. So mm. four of us actually log in and play together at the same time. But we've come. We've actually gotten to the point where we're kind of ready to try to kill each other because, <laughs> well, notionally, you know, because you can set your server up as a, a like a PvP server or whatever, where you can or just a sort of a, a building server. Mm-hmm. But, and we've built just about everything we can possibly think of to build, including a sphinx, a college. Uh, my my uh, son built uh, what I believe is Hugh Hefner's house. <laughs> wow. Yes, he he made a Hollywood sign except with his name. <laughs> it was really cool. <laughs> so we're to the point now where we're kind of ready to to kill each other. So how does and, that work then? Can you destroy the other person's buildings I, if you go PvP? Well, oh, yeah, you can. Well, you can destroy the other person's buildings anyway. But I think the difference is that you can actually hurt one another. Right now, we can't hurt each other. Don't. Oh my God! But my kids, I have teenagers, right? And they're very devious. You can't leave them alone for five minutes, and they're pouring lava on each other, or water, or trying to drown each other in buckets of water, or whatever. It's actually pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> like in game, out of game, what do in you game, guys do? Yeah, about? no, you know, whatever, whatever works. <laughs> so the interesting dynamic change for your family with yep. the death aspect. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. So besides DDO, that was the only game I've played over the summer. How about you, Samus? What are you up to? Uh, I believe I mentioned it in chat a couple of times. When you every time you say 
what other games. I'm not entirely sure what other games you're referring to. <laughs> My understanding is there's DDO and then there's everything else that's kind of blah. I Although think I, the breast icons distracted me and I couldn't, and the Wang just, uh, never mind, continue. But uh, <laughs> I, on my droid, I do have a game called Doodle Fit I play when I'm taking a dookie. So, <laughs> Thanks for sharing. I, I don't have those personal boundary issues. <laughs> Lessa, really, it should have been really in my does, disclaimer. He really does. <laughs> but I thought you were doing Cleverbot. Uh, did, I did, but I realized Cleverbot is slightly retarded. Oh, misnamed. Uh, I slightly retarded bot's not very PC, but <laughs> uh, yeah. Clever yeah. impaired bot. Something. Okay. Something like that. So in DDO, do you guys play together? How does that work? Extremely rarely. Really? No, really don't. Here's what's funny. We have completely polar opposite sort of not play styles, but but types of guilds that we're in and we're not even on the same server but uh, whenever we do get on the same server and do get in the same group we have exactly the same play style it's crazy we it, I, I do click very well with samus i will say that <laughs> <laughs> we we have the same mindset for a lot of things so be good being co-host yeah absolutely Nice. I was talking with Tinzian about the new AH feature, um, buying things with real money in Diablo 3, and we talked about that last podcast. We also touched on some ideas that were also in your blog, Samus, about selling raid loot on the auction house. And I kind of feel like having the option to make real-life money on loot in-game would destroy the friendliness of guilds who normally share and, and groups that are inclined to allow alts to be equipped and things like that. Tell me more about your story with One Clear and your thoughts on selling loot in real life. Oh, um, wow, I didn't expect you to have a serious question. Um, <laughs> Three, you're right <laughs> off. This, I like to be tricky like that. You have to be on your toes. A lot of people, because DDO has always been like, uh, you can't sell raid loot. You have to trade it in the chest. Uh, personality. And I've always come from the from the mindset, if it's your loot, your call, do whatever you want with it. Sell it, uh, give it away, offer it up for roll. Um auction it off, leave it in the chest, sell it to the vendor, I don't care. Um, but a lot of people who are long-time players, longer than me, uh, I'd like to, I am not as long, I'm not as old a player as Lessa. Let's put it that way. Okay. Oh, you're going to nope. die. <laughs> <laughs> I knew she was going to get, oh, okay, you so. you are going to die. Um, anyway, so my, my mindset's always been, it's yours, do it what you want, but you have to live with the consequences of your actions. Um, and you have to respect the other people in your group. So, like, I, I'm trying to think back to what you're referring to. Um, an individual pulled a very sought-after piece of raid loot. And in the, in the chat said, uh, roll or auction, question mark. And the raid leader made it very clear that oxygen off raid loot was not acceptable or there would be consequences. Well, of course, this individual went ahead and did it. Okay. I don't care, except for the fact that the raid leader, the person that was in charge, uh, very clearly said that was not an option. So he went ahead and, you know, didn't follow the leader's instructions. Uh, and, of course, now he's dealing with those consequences because being a social game, you know, everybody else in that raid who did have a problem with that 
put them on their do not play with list. Mm -hmm. And then when we formed up to do something else, that individual tried to get into the raid with us, and he was declined and very calmly explained to why he was refused. Because other people don't care for that behavior. So, I, I, I don't know. The only, the only thing I have a problem with is if I give you something and then you turn around and sell it. That's the only issue I have. So, I, okay. it's weird. I just like people to think about that kind of stuff. How did he react when he was told why he couldn't continue with the group and join another raid? I, I honestly don't know because those kind of tells went between him and the party leader. Okay. So, I only kind of saw the, the party leader talking about it. I didn't get the other guy's side. But uh, I imagine it was relatively negative because I understand that the individual ended up having to get squelched, which is like blocked in DDO. Ah, okay. Interesting. Um, something totally different. How did you guys come up with your aliases? Uh, Lessa, I love Anne McCaffrey, the Dragon Rider series. Big favorite of mine. Was that your inspiration? Oh my god! Stop making me like you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that yes that is exactly where that came from as a matter of fact but with a little bit of a twist on it because my husband is really really funny and I'm always trying to keep up with him so whenever he got me into the gateway drug that was Neverwinter Nights mm. um, his character was named Blue Healer so I thought well that was really clever so I wanted something clever too, so I came up with Lessa, and the Lessa part was, of course, for from the Dragon Riders of Pern series, and the um, like, like Lessa's more, Lessa is Mora, mm -hmm. is, was her surname. So, <laughs> and then of course her oh. counterpoint is Mora or Lessa, but that's that's neither here nor there. Anyway, that God, awesome. oh my God, you impressed the shit out of me. Oh, am I allowed to swear on your podcast? <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I should. I should probably lead with that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's perfectly fine. Wow. And Samus, uh, Metroid, I'm guessing, might be your inspiration for this, which I've already said on my podcast. As a girl gamer for me, that was really one of the kind of pivotal games that I really was really impressed at the end when I discovered finally this character I'd played for so many hours was a lady, and it was one of the few that I'd ever seen. Is that for you? Was that your inspiration for that, or where did you get the name? Um, if I lie and say yes, is that okay? You can say no. I still okay. will think it's as cool. I I actually, oh god, back in middle school maybe, uh, com personal computing was just starting to take off, and I really wasn't into lots of video games, but we would go and have LAN parties, and we would play Eurofighter, which is this really great uh, World War II uh, flight simulator and of course everyone had call signs um, and I just kind of put letters together and I've always been drawn to the name Sam and it just kind of came together for Samus and then later I stumbled across Metroid and I was like that bitch stole my name <laughs> you were the original Samus so awesome. it, it was not related, but I guess it kind of is. That's why I have to make the distinction of adding that I mm -hmm. uh, being for Wang. <laughs> so if there's no I, it is a girl's name. And if there's a silent I, it means a boy. <laughs> Very good. Tell me how you two met and I guess the status of of your relationship. <laughs> co-host is so mysterious. I co-host. 
<laughs> That's right. I'll, I'll take this one, Samus. Um, I know you will because you do it every time someone asks us about it. Uh, well, do you want to take it? No, no, no. You <laughs> go right ahead. Like a married couple. I'm still going to ask you after, so prepare your answer, Samus. <laughs> Just he's going to take notes. He's going to cheat off me. <laughs> it's going to be all right. No, um, the DDO cast, who is our parent show. Uh, who's been going for, gosh, over 200 episodes now. I actually joined the DDO cast around episode 35. Oh. And um, I just had my own little five or six minute segment at the time. And it was supposed to be a role play segment. Like I was supposed to talk about role playing game and stuff like that. But Jerry, who was the host, he never put any limitations on us. So I said, you know, I'm going I'm to talk about whatever I want to talk about. <laughs> so I pretty much did. And I ended up doing little skits and cute little stuff, stuff that I thought was funny and that maybe, maybe somebody else would think was funny too. So anyway, to make a long story short, Jerry started doing these live shows. And at the time, Samus was doing a really good show called The Sound Concepts. And he and I ended up on the same live show. And I would not stop picking on him. And he just, every time I tried to, to sort of get under his skin, he just gave it right back to me. And we just got along, it was, we just sort of kind of clicked. So after that, I suggested, I said, hey, let's combine our segments for a week and see what we come up with. So we did. And what we came up with was about 30 to 45 minutes worth of audio that I had to really struggle to cut down to 20 minutes because we, that's how long we were talking whenever we actually got together to record our segment. So, and after that, it was, I don't know, it just turned out really good. We decided this is going to take over Jerry's show, which is already pushing two hours. Let's not make this podcast even longer. Let's spin off and make this its own show and then we'll talk about the different aspects of the game. They talk about news. We talk about more along the lines of the social aspects of the game. I'll let Samus talk now. I've been um, monopolizing the conversation too long. Samus, so are you just a masochist, or how, how did this begin for you? Uh, I think Lessa basically summed it up really well. Um, you said we kind of hit it off. We did a couple segments, and they just got longer and longer. And I was talking with Jerry via Skype one day, and it just hit me. It's like, would you be offended if I took Lessa and we went over here and did this thing that was totally not anything at all like DDOcast, but kind of? And he's like, well, is that going to give me something else to listen to each week? I said, maybe. <laughs> and uh, that was basically it. Um, we didn't so much leave DDOcast, or that wasn't our plan. Um, we still plan on doing our regular segments. But I tell you, you do a podcast every week or every other week and it just kind of wipes your brain yeah, so it really does it takes so and you you should know it takes so much out of you i mean if you had an obligation to another podcast also on a weekly basis that would just monopolize way too much of your time i understand definitely you think it's just one hour but it's really not there's a lot of prep and other things involved too definitely uh lessa how did you end up doing voices with clankenbeard and what was his involvement in the show oh my goodness clankenbeard is in charge of our art department, which is vast, a vast department of one. <laughs> Actually, Clankenbeard in real life is my husband. His name is Eric, and he's a mechanical engineer. But in his spare time, his hobby is actually drawing silly little cartoons. And that is exactly where we started. Um, gosh, I want to say, when did he first draw Lessa and Clankenbeard? Maybe six years ago, hmm. maybe a little bit more than that, something like that. 
when my husband and I first started playing, we were having such a good time. We we kind of wanted to incorporate uh, some of the other stuff he was doing. Um, like, we're both really super creative people. So what we started doing was we started making these little videos and using the game engine, kind of like uh, Rooster Teeth does with Red versus Blue. Okay. What do they call, what do they call it? Machinima? Something mm. like that. It's like actually the modality actually has a name now, but um, yeah, that's uh, that's actually how Jerry, how I first got on Jerry's radar because my husband and I were making these videos, and we were really just entertaining ourselves. We were doing things that we thought were funny. We thought, well, maybe somebody else will think this is funny too. We're just going to put it out there, and then uh, I, lo and behold, I was recruited to come and join the DDO cast. <laughs> so it was nice. like, hey, what the hell is going on here? Tinsian must know if Clankenbeard's accent is real. See, I'm going for the no, but Tinsian's going for the yes. He's, he wants to know if he's really Scottish. No. Okay. No. And here's the weird part, is that whenever he gets on any kind of an interview, it doesn't matter if it's an hour or five minutes, he, he does the Clankenbeard voice the whole time. And I can't make him break character. <laughs> I have no idea why he does it. It's just like his alter ego comes out, I he can't stop. I have no idea why he does it. It just works out that way. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you have the best of both worlds. You get to be with a Scottishman and not. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is Sorry, awesome. perhaps, perhaps I like you and McGregor a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> when you sell it in that package <laughs> you... <laughs> going back to DDO um, Samus you were telling me that you were part of the original DDO when Jerry was involved and then kind of formed your own podcast off of that how long did you continue to be a part of the DDO with Jerry and were you a part of the Anne Trent DDO as well or were you gone by then Um. well I still occasionally get on uh, DDO cast when they would like like a a round table with someone to bounce the ideas off of, but uh, I actually joined somewhere around episode ninety six or ninety seven, and I did about a year of of segments uh, in a row, um, and then I kind of started taking longer breaks, and then I would come back and I'd do like a forty five minute segment, uh, and then I'd be gone again for a while, um, and then. Jerry just started doing the roundtables, and then I was on all these roundtables every week. Uh, and that's kind of when Lessa and I split off, I guess would be the way to put it. Okay. Um, I do – I get on the uh, the, the Antrint, Sigtrint, Cocktella, or DDO cast, basically whenever they need somebody there that uh, is about as fast and as game knowledgeable as them, I guess would be the way to put it. I don't want to say their other guests sometimes are not, but – well, you're more They're of like more... a crunchy bits guy, right? I mean, you like the, right. the minutia of how to build your character and the more and, technical aspects. Right, and that's actually the reason why I originally started Sound Concepts was uh, Anne and Sig actually had taken a break, and it felt like there was that hole there. Um, and I, I ran into Jerry one day, and we started playing. I'm like, Jerry, you know what? We really need another Sound Concept or uh, crunchy bits-esque segment uh, that points out that these builds are viable and are are actually good concepts, and that's kind of how that that branched out. See, I think we need like Anfried or Sigan. There needs to be like oh a better God. because they're it, a ship. 
<laughs> I agree. See? They need it's like Brangelina. You need a little bit more something there, so you don't have to keep saying that over and over. Share with me your experiences with Dungeons and Dragons online, as in like why it became your priority as a game enough so that you podcast about it and pretty much um Samus is says there is no other game. <laughs> yeah, there is no other game. I'll, so I'll take this first because Samus's answer is probably going to blow mine out of the water. But um, yeah, <laughs> this was my first MMO. Oh. Dungeons and Dragons Online was. And I had just come off of playing what I played StarCraft, right? I played it all the way through. It was completely addictive. I played uh, Neverwinter Nights. I played all all those. those. and Yes, and all the expansions. And I just thought that was amazing. And at the time, I was actually working uh, nights or, or shift work. So what I needed was a way to transition from days to nights or a way to stay up. So my husband said, hey, why don't you check out Dungeons and Dragons online? So I did. And then it was like, staying up was no problem <laughs> because I didn't want to do anything else. I mean, it just consumed me. I really did not understand the nature of gaming addiction before I started playing that game. And just really, uh, I, I did not know what I was getting myself into. I mean, I had to go and do research on it. I thought it was just crazy. Man, I mean, I'm I'm playing so long. I, I, I look up and like six hours has gone by and then I go to bed and I have a dream and I'm dreaming about the game. Mm -hmm. Is this normal? Am I supposed to feel like this? <laughs> That's what it was like. So yeah, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're going to do one thing, you might as well do it really, really well, right? So um, my, I, it was kind of a chance for me to empty my mind, I think, at the time. I think that's why I got so into it. And then where I really got hooked was that we have this great community. We have this wonderful sort of more mature, uh, a lot of people came from D&D &D backgrounds, um, sort of community that uh, we... And they're pretty tight, actually. Whenever you whenever you get in, you're in. It, and um, I think that was the biggest thing. It is a smaller game. Me. I could see yeah. that it would be like that. Samus, why don't you uh, answer that, if you would? Um, I I did a lot of the same things Lessa did. You know, I said I played Eurofighter. Uh, we played like uh, Falcon 4.0 for a while. Um, I did a lot of these simulator games with. Uh, land parties basically is how it works starcraft stuff like that and i really didn't play mmos in fact before ddo i i didn't but i played magic the gathering i played it a lot um <laughs> i love that game too and i went you know i went to state competitions i went to regionals and stuff like that and i was spending tons of money like the amount of money that frankly was ridiculous. You should not be spending that kind of money on a card game. Um, and basically, I started doing these long overnight shifts or 72-hour shifts at uh, the lo local radio station where I was working, and I needed something to do to help keep me awake and going, similar to Lessa. And my pen and paper group, everyone had graduated from college and stuff like that, and we were spreading out. And DDO was a way that we could still hang out and be together as, you know, and, and still do stuff in that similar environment. So I would carry around my little 14-inch IBM ThinkPad to work, and I'd plug it in, 
and I would play and I'd play and I'd play and then I'd need to like do a bump or something and I'd just like AFK for, for music bump or whatever and, and I'd roll over and I would do my five second bump or whatever it was and I'd come back and I'd be playing again. And it worked out really well for us. I mean, we were able to do a lot of things and I found that that playing DDO replaced my need to go play Magic. It, it replaced it really well. So I started saving money. And then my wife and son started playing with me as well. And even to, like, right now, while we're talking, my wife's currently behind me doing looks like an Epic Vaughn 1, looting seals and such without me. So it's one of those things that lets us connect, stay in touch. My best friend, Tobrellas, plays. He's the leader of our guild, and we do lots of stuff. And as I get older, you know, you miss playing that pen and paper experience, but then you realize that sometimes it's not exactly what you want. You know, you think, all right, we're going to get in, we're going to play for for three hours, and it's going to be awesome. But then it turns out, all right, everyone gets there, let's go for a food run, and then let's go get drinks. And it rolls around at 10 o'clock. You may have played for an hour, and you go, well, I got to go because I got to go to bed because I got to get up and go to work in the morning. It, it's real life kicks you in the bum. But... Instead, I can come home, I can fix dinner if I'm fixing dinner, or do whatever I need to do, and I can play DDO, and if I get two hours in, that's a lot of stuff I can do. It's at my control, it's at my whimsy, and I can do whatever I want. You know, if I want to play my wizard, I can do so. If I want to play my fighter, I can do that, although that never happens, but I, can, <laughs> I have that control. You know, I'm not at whim at the Dungeon Master, or and I'm not at whim at what the group wants to do, I'm in control. If I want to solo, screw everybody. I'll go solo. If I'm in the mood to be sociable, as uh, some of your friends say, I might go join a group. I may even say something. <laughs> I, might, I might type something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, DDO would be awesome if it wasn't for the people. That's ex <laughs> Exactly. Sometimes it's like, eh. I mean, and, and they keep doing things. Some things I don't like. Some things I do, but Turbine keeps moving the game forward, and they give us something to do. Um, so it seems to me that I'm, I always have forward momentum. I can be doing this, or I can be doing that, and it, it hasn't staled out on me yet. They've done a really good job at keeping that going, so that's, that's why. Uh, going to the pencil and paper aspect that you were talking about, uh, I also play, but I can't technically say that because it's over... Pencil and paper, at least, because it's over Skype. So I don't have quite the same experience that some people do when they actually do get together. And as you're saying, have to go for pizza, have to do the other stuff. It's pretty much we get together and talk and get quickly to the point because we are all on Skype. How long have you played pencil and paper, both of you? And do you uh, think that it added anything to your experience in DDO? Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and go. I've, I've played pen and paper for almost as long as Les has been on the earth. <laughs> And and Les is way older than me, so if that gives you any oh, idea, yeah. I I want to say I got my. I can feel I, the hostility like just radiating across <laughs> Skype right now. I uh, I don't know I, I, second edition was the first one that I really got into, but I played a lot of first, um, and I like to say pen and paper actually saved my life. I had a I came up from not like a you know a lot of people have what they would call bad childhoods or whatever but I had a mean stepmother 
you know, and a lot of people are going to be, ah, oh, everyone's stepmother's mean. But my stepmother was like six foot six, 400 pounds of muscle and hated the fact that I was a boy. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. And if I didn't have some way to go and release uh, all of those built up feelings and frustrations in my life and whatnot, I could have been in a totally different place. I could be in the wacko farm for, you know, offing my, my stepmother. I, I, could, I could picture it. I, could, I can almost see it now. What a wonderful world that'd be. Wow. Anyway, but uh, so I, I played it forever. I even had to rip off the cover of my book uh, and have the plain white sheets of paper in there because when she found that I was playing that devil's game, it was, it was really bad news. So it... Pen and paper is a very close part of my... In fact, my son just put books away um, this morning that we had out. So it's it's very important, and I love it, and I've been playing it for, seems like, eternity. Or, like I said, the same amount of time as Les has been around. I have that mm-hmm. issue now, even with my friends. There's There's that stigma that kind of hangs on it, that somehow it's, like, satanic... I think it depends what campaign you're playing, if there's a devil aspect to it. I mean, I've never played one that had anything in it that I would consider devilish or... Man, I guess you can go however you want to go with it, but yeah. Talk. You want to talk about a stigma? Lessa doesn't even let her friends know she's <gasps> got stuff oh, He's going to out in me. In her life. <laughs> he's going <laughs> to out me. They just don't understand. <laughs> they she's, don't understand. You say, she I have separated a her Twitter say, account. what's that? <laughs> See, there's a lovely book. It's called The Girlfriend's Guide to Dungeons and Dragons. It's got a pink cover. You can pass it out to your friends. It'd be just fine. You have to. I need this them. in my life so that I can give it to all my relatives. No, no, <laughs> just no. Just it would just end in disaster and tears. I I want to answer your question, yes, Genesee, please. because my story is almost the polar opposite of Samus. I actually didn't start playing tabletop until after I started playing Dungeons and Dragons online, and I had been playing for about two years. And I found a, a group that was playing over Skype, and we used a really really cool program called Fantasy Grounds. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's really neat, um, where you can actually take your virtual dice and you can throw them and they bounce off the side of the screen. It's really, really cool. Um, people in my group use that because they're always yelling like at this program, but I have the real ones. <laughs> well, we it was a little bit buggy. The, the program wasn't perfect, but it was really cool. And so we, then we switched to an even better program called D20 Pro. And that program was pretty cool too, but you can't throw your dice across the screen. That's kind of the only thing that you're giving up there. But I played, that was a 3.5 campaign, and we did that for about a year. And that was really cool. And then about six months ago, I started a 4.0 campaign with a gaming group that is made up of mostly women. And it is friggin' awesome. We have the best time. I love gaming with other chicks because they get tabletop roleplay. They just get it. I have never had so much fun as them when they were they were going to decide to loot the the corpse of this bishop who hadn't done anything wrong. It wasn't like the zombie dude was dead and had been buried reverently in this tomb. You're going to desecrate his corpse? I gave them this huge speech, you know, like in character. And then I walked out of the room. I was just disgusted. <laughs> I was probably, this is probably my funnest day yet. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm, I played a paladin. I should have, I should have, I should have put that up front. <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, the role play aspect is really neat. We're just starting to get into that because it's kind of a new group. This is like, what, our 16th episode or something now that we've played. So it's kind of that awkward, like, who's going to go first? You know, who will be the weirdo that goes? You got to be brave, man. Yeah. You got to be brave. They will follow you. <laughs> All right. They will follow you into that good night. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. If you were a new player in DDO, uh, what class do you think would be a good one to start with that would be simple? Paladin. Oh, Paladin? Samus? <laughs> Lessa, go for <laughs> it. Go for it. <laughs> all I play is tanks, man. <laughs> That's all I have the patience for. <laughs> Samus will play a wizard or a sorcerer or whatever, but I am very, very much into my melee characters. So if you're going to uh, have somebody start a brand new character, a Paladin or a Fighter is an excellent choice. I'd say more like a paladin because then they can at least wand heal themselves. Fighters can't. And uh, you have to either hire yourself a cleric to follow you around or you have to uh, develop a, a, a heal potion addiction. I which see. can I be see. very expensive. So, yeah. Not <laughs> ever having played long. I did play DDO briefly, but I would say from a WoW background or other MMOs I've played, usually melee is a safe bet. Um, mm-hmm. Paladin's extra, you're right. Having that ability to heal yourself, you know, nice. Do something opposite of yourself in real life. In real life, I'm not going to take a sword and beat the shit out of anybody. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> I will be, I'll pick up I'm the sword safe. and go, God, this is heavy. Clank and Beard says, thank God. Remember this? Well, there was this one time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was... We have that on video, actually. But, um, no, I just, I, I, there's just something really, really cool about it. And there's just the whole fantasy suspension of disbelief aspect. I'm a, a plain, or role playing rather, a woman in my 40s ish who's, you know, very, very devoted to the church and she carries a sword and she hates everyone, <laughs> especially halflings. Oh, okay. Well, why? Why is there. Um, it has to do with a drunken knight and a jail cell and a halfling thief. I won't go into more than that. <laughs> I won't. You have to get me at the table if you want the rest of that story. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Samus, what would you say? Best class for a new player? I actually agree with Lessa on this as well. Um, I. It's not because I, I think tank or something like that. It, it purely comes from a self-survival point of view. Um, like she said, you have some self-healing via wands, via spells, your lay on hands ability. It's very, very easy to keep yourself alive as a paladin. It's very, very hard to build a good paladin, which is kind of tricky, especially when you're getting started, uh, especially with uh, the 28-point buy versus the 32-point buy. And stuff like that, which everyone can get into if you actually would like to start playing DDO, which I highly recommend. But it's very easy for you to survive. Um, Now, on the flip side, if you would like to play something that's very in-depth and very easy to advance through the entire game with, I would say you want to play a Warfors Wizard Rogue. Uh, Again, you have very easy healing. You get a little bit of that Rogue skills. You get a little bit of the Wizard. Uh, that gives you the ability to do all the melee stuff in there as well. So you really have all the options in front of you. But those options can be overwhelming. So narrow yourself down back to that paladin little box and and go from there. Are you excited about the artificer 
And I'm going to say it just like that. I don't care. Artificer is how I'm saying it. <laughs> it I, 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 to me, it's an artificer. Um, which I knew I, that was coming. I, really, I don't care what you, what you call it. I know what you mean. But I am very excited. Um, I played... I, I really like the Ebron campaign setting. And pencil and paper. And, of course, DDO. I, I've always liked it since, since Keith Baker released it. And anything, anything that they can pull into DDO that helps point out the fact that you're an Eberron, not in Forgotten My Nuts, not Darkest Sun, <laughs> not Grave Bottom, you're an Eberron. <laughs> forgotten My Nuts. <laughs> never played anything but Forgotten Realms. <laughs> to, to me... The essence that is Ebron is really, really well expressed in the artistic class. And, and and some of the very particular races, like the Changeling, which we haven't gotten yet, or the Shifter, which we haven't gotten yet. But Artisifer Keith Baker summed it up really well in an induction inductory paragraph in the in the Ebron's player's handbook. The feel for Ebron is kind of like a cross between uh, old 50s movies and Indiana Jones with a with a slash of cyberpunk. And the artisifer really is what makes that possible, you know, because it's a high magic is technology world with monsters, crazy, crazy uh, intrigue and political problems, strange racial issues that crop up all the time. But the key thing is that high magical technology, which comes directly from the artisifers. So I think they're going to be a great addition to DDO. Lessa, what do you think about that? Yeah, what he said. <laughs> you know what? I don't even care. I ain't going to play it. You're like, I got my paladin. I, what is with my this? My paladin. That's <laughs> <laughs> all that matters. Lessa lives in her box and she oh, likes it. Trick pony. You know what? If you're going to do one thing, you might as well do it really, really well. I understand. I have a rogue and a rogue and a rogue, and that's what I play because I like the rogue. I don't care, you know, to play a casting class. I want to play my rogue. I don't exactly. get tired of my rogue. Exactly. See, it's that just stick with one thing and you love it. Oh, go ahead, Samus. What I think would be really great about the artisifer in particular is it's going to be able to connect to people on multiple levels. If you want to play a ranged character, they're, they're very easy to do that. If you want to play a tanky character, it's very easy to do that. If you want to be more of a buffer, it's very easy to do that. Or a caster, it's very easy to do that. They are very... Of all the classes currently available in DDO, they are the amorphous blob for you. Whatever it is you want them to do, they'll be able to do it probably better than any other class once you learn how to do it. Does that make sense? It does, except not playing DDO, I'm going to ask a stupid question. What about, like, AC? Can you pl can you wear chain? Can you wear leather? Can you wear all of that being being this class? Because won't that limit what you do as, you know, as your abilities, I guess I'd say. AC is very tricky in DDO. Um, the way AC works in DDO, it's kind of, you have to get it extremely high. Um, and the most... The best way right now to do that 
is a lot of either weird multi-classing or a lot of uh, extremely difficult grinding because when you're talking about DDO, if you don't want to get hit at the end game, you're looking at like a 70 plus, 80 plus, 90 plus armor class. Ah, and that's like TR over and over or? Well, it's less TRing and more, like I said, gear grinding, specific gear or uh, building for building specifically for armor class. Like you take a monk level, you have a high wisdom, you have a high dex, um, you get the right gear, you put all the pieces together, and wham, when you get to the end, nothing can touch you, but odds are you're going to have to stand there all day long to kill it. I see. Okay. So most people have a tendency to play more for the I'm going to kill this monster before it kills me armor class. So it it's very easy at low levels for anybody to get a meaningful armor class because at the low levels, a 20 armor class is amazing. But then you hit, there's, there's a really low spot, which is right about the point where Lessa gets bored playing her character and rolls up a new one. Right around 12, yeah. Right around 12. <laughs> well, it's because you can't, just because without raid gear and without grinding, you really can't get your AC too much higher. You kind of cap out right there. And then the monsters that you're fighting, well, they keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it keeps getting easier for them to hit you. And your armor class doesn't mean as much as it used to mean. So was, I, I would say he's right, right around uh, right around level 12. Is that when raiding becomes kind of essential because you need to start farming that higher gear with other people? It's yeah. no longer a solo game. Absolutely. Well, yes. Yes. You know, know. it's a social I... game. You're supposed to be playing with other people. <laughs> you can't. Some you can't. Idea. It's an option. <laughs> it's there. There, those people are there, you're there, you might as well be there together. It's like going to a bar. You didn't know that you wanted to be there until you walked through the doors and started having a good time. I do have one comment, Genesee, that I mm -hmm. wanted to add. What, like, I don't know, a billion minutes ago, whenever I wrote it down, that Samus mentioned about the storyline of Eberron, where he talked about the politics. Um, I just wanted to comment on that really quickly for anybody who doesn't know anything about Eberron or anybody who's never tried Dungeons and Dragons online is that the world or the, the structure, the political socioeconomic structure is really, really simple to understand and it's not overtly complex. So you can grasp some of the concepts that are going on right away if you're a role, uh, if you're very much into story and you're very much into role play. And, um, the, it's easy to get into the, you know, the political aspects of why everything is going on. So to me, that's one of the more interesting aspects of the game in that um, things are very, very easy to understand. The concepts aren't too difficult to grasp. You don't have to dive into a book and study for days in order to start playing and understand, oh, why, do the, why are the Corn Lords doing this? I don't understand. Why are we being attacked? Help! What? You know, it's not like... I like that at all. You know what? They're the um, it's very structured, and I really, really enjoy that aspect of the game. I just wanted to add that in there um, before before we run away from this topic. Good. I think that's important for a new player. Um, definitely so. You don't want to be confused by a new game, and and I get that way with some of the new MMOs I try. Tell me how the idea of the drinking came about. You kind of said about the DDL Cot Tower being formed as kind of an offshoot of um, of the other podcast with Jerry. And how did the drinking become part of your, your podcast? I blame Samus. I blame Samus. <laughs> That's not true. It's probably my fault. I don't know. 
I don't know. How did we do that? What what was it? I was I named the show based off of uh, the conversation I was having with Jerry. And when we had taped, we had had a, a drink. And the kind of concept for me that the show that I wanted to put out with Lessa was kind of a, well, it was a cocktail hour. You sit around, imagine yourself if you walked into a bar and all the kind of people that are there that you would like to engage with. And they happen, you know, and they were DDO people and they were DDO players and there was everyone in that bar was DDO. Yeah, exactly. Basically, they understand things that are important to you. Right. They get it. They get and it. Get you. If you were to play this and have a drink, the idea is that you would feel like you're in that kind of social setting. I like Although that aspect. It, it, it is kind of laid back. It's kind of morphed into a lot of different stuff, though. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you have to think. It's the topics that we cover are things that you would probably talk about if you were at a bar with your gamer friends. You know, you would talk about guys who pretend to be girls in game to get loot. <laughs> or you, know, you would talk about crazy mistells. You can't go to work and talk about crazy mistells. Nobody's going to get it. But if you talk to other gamers and say, oh, yeah, I sent a mistell and it actually ended up in party and it said, yeah, let me drop this really lame group and I'll join you. You know, you can't unsee, you can't take that stuff back. No. I mean, and nobody else is going to understand but another gamer. So, and this is the kind of stuff that you would talk, you know, to another gamer about in a bar. Awesome. And then at that same time, we transition into stuff that other gamers would, would care about, like movies or yeah, sometimes books. Bacon. Or bacon. <laughs> or uh, the end of the world. Right. Yes. Which so. we will cover. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot of that stuff out there. Everything, if you as a player enjoy it, we'll probably cover it in some kind of way, shape, or form. And usually with the Dungeon and Dragons twist on it. You know, I have to tell you, Alessa, I used to dual vent uh, a long time ago. And I would do pugs in one vent, and I would talk to my guild in the other vent. Until the day that I went into a pug group, and they got rid of me because they felt like I was a newly created, fresh-minted, whatever your high cap is for DDO. Like, for us, mm-hmm. it was 60 at the time. Mm-hmm. I was a fresh-minted 60 and uh, didn't have gear high enough, so they decided to kick me out after I'd already like made all these plans to get there. And so I went to my guild, hit my button, and said, Oh, my God, you will not believe what happened. These idiots! Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and no, then I realized I was in the pug vent. Hot mic, hot mic. Yeah, pug vent. Oh, no, I don't no. do a vent anymore. <laughs> Fun oh, stuff like no. that. Only gamers that would get. Awesome. See, and this is where, if this was our show, I would tell you screw those guys. They deserve to hear what it is that you thought of them. For being jackasses in the first place. You know what? Actually, after I said that, I got invited back to the group. <gasps> because you showed a little backbone. Guilt and they go, them. you got some spirit. So, yeah. <laughs> that's all you have to do is be mean to people to get them. Spirit. Spirit. <laughs> spirit. Spirit, right. Okay. Not mean. Spirit. Spirit. Very good. Bloody wankers. <laughs> <laughs> In honor of the drinks, I have one for you. Allow me to present You Deserve a Drink by Mamrie Hart, and the drink of today is the Witty Wizardly Recipe. So I'm going to link that for you, and then you can comment as you watch the video. <laughs> Hang awesome. on. Awesome. Hi, and welcome to You Deserve a Drink. I'm 
Ray Hart. And who do I think most deserves a drink this week? Harry Potter fans! You all have been waiting so patiently for this last and final installment to come out. And I give you credit because I do not read. But I do drink. So in honor of you all, I'm going to make a very special cocktail. A flaming butter beer! Tom, riddle me this. How many of these does it take to turn me into a horcrux? She irritates me with her sheer presence. But I have giggled. It, that's exactly what it is. This is a flaming Dr. Pepper with butterscotch schnapps. I'm gonna try this. Hey, uh, kids. Oh, wait. Sorry. Hey, hey. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't pretend put that you're out there me. and make my kids make me drinks. <laughs> oh, wow. They've got them well trained. Nice. So, Lessa, how many of those do you think it'll take you to turn into a whore crux? Just one. <laughs> Actually, I'm there now. Oh, wait. <laughs> I bet. I never thought of it that way. This girl's funny. She has a lot of drink recipes, and I have to yeah, say this, this is, is one of the better ones because she can awesome. get annoying. Yeah, this is a flaming Dr. Pepper except with um, butterscotch schnapps. Fantastic. I'm going to try that. There you go. I have all these ingredients already. <laughs> You're going to try it like right now, this instant? Yeah. No, not right now, this instant. <laughs> okay. A little, little bit. The, the uh, Lessa liquor cabinet is always ready to go. Fully in stocked. Of, in case and of how. <laughs> Oh, Samus, I've been reading lately about this company called Digital Angel. Uh, it's an advanced technology company in the field of identification solutions. Uh, apparently, it's utilized around the world, and so they say, quote, in applications such as global positioning systems, search and rescue beacons for Army, Navy, and Air Force applications worldwide. In other words, it's global positioning and microchips. Did you know that uh, some people, Samus, consider microchips an obvious mark of the beast as a sign of the end times? You know, <gasps> there's so many 
signs of the end times is not even funny. I, you know, I'm I'm gonna make a. I better not. <laughs> Let's just I'm say afraid. I made a racially inappropriate comment about our president and him being in the White House, and that is a sign of the end times. There are so many signs of the end times out there. It's not even funny. <laughs> um. Well, tell us about your commune to escape the world and start a nudist colony. Nudist colony. Can open worms everywhere. Yeah. So, <laughs> or actually, the journey towards self-sufficiency. I call yeah. it. Let Let's just say, for more than one reason, I have jumped off the deep end. On the end is nigh. Now. I'm currently not doing anything crazy. I'm not selling my property and buying a commune unless, you know, five or six people would like to do so. Which me in which case I'm more than welcome to drink some Kool-Aid. But I'm I'm doing basic things. I something's coming. I don't think there's a person on this planet that would say, Nope, everything's fine. You know, every there's something coming. Whether it's this economy, whether it's you know, the the changes in the weather pattern. Um, the bees dying. The the bees dying. You know, raising water. Whatever it is, there's something out there that's you have that feeling that you know some changes upon us. You know, and again, insert another comment about our president, Captain Change. <laughs> so, it's to me, I reach this point of going. It is dumb to be sitting in my house. Not being prepared. No, I I live in Kansas. We get hit by tornadoes. Do I have a tornado kit? No, not really. Last winter was very hard. We lost power and were snowed in for a couple of days. Did I have emergency food to go for two weeks in case for some reason we couldn't get out after two weeks? No, I did not. I am not prepared for these kind of emergencies. But this is not going to happen to me. I'm I'm getting prepared. I planted some gardens. I'm turning my back porch my into a into a makeshift greenhouse. I'm building some supplies. I'm getting that 30-day supplies. I'm building an emergency uh, kit for my vehicle. Simple things like flashlights, matches, a blanket, um, a tire repair kit. Little things like that that are just common sense self-insurance things. There's no reason that everyone should have it. I do I understand, Lessa, that you were on the Practical Defense podcast talking about your uh, hurricane kit? Yeah, absolutely. I do my hurricane kit every year. See? Every year. We have same to. Same kind of deal. It's it's common sense. And, and that's all I'm advocating. However, if people want to go extreme, by God, I'm happy to do it. Yes, you I've know. gone extreme, Genesee. I'm actually preparing for the zombie apocalypse, and I have a t-shirt that says, Ask Me About My Zombie Plan, and my zombie plan so far involves a lot of running and also screaming. You know, I haven't that's gotten funny. much beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> because we did have a podcast a while ago where we discussed in depth the zombie invasion and the guide to, uh, what was it, Sur- zombie survival guide. And the conclusion was that if one goes to Sam's Club, you have the best chance of survival. If you have a <gasps> machete at Sam's Club, and I think that's what it was. A motorcycle, Sam's Club, and a machete were the three things you needed to survive the zombie apocalypse. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. So there you go. I'm totally taking that zombie plan. You should. It's got to be short You know, term. good artists create and great artists steal. There you go. <laughs> that's right. That's it. 
Yeah, probably six months or less. But there's a lot of food in Sam's Club. I shake, I shake my head in disgust at your obvious making fun of being prepared. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, I have no issue with being prepared. But when you start linking me like shelving units for you know the proper preservation of cans <laughs> and bake, this is. <laughs> yes, extreme, Dude, extreme I preparation. I tell you what, an- answer me this and, and answer it truthfully. If I have no idea where you live, but I know where Lessa lives. But if for some reason there was an emergency and you could not get to the store for 30 days, do you have the food to feed your family in your house? To be honest, I might, but it's going to be like lean and a bunch of junk that I don't want to eat. Like, exactly. you know, old noodles from like five boxes that I, you know, I'll be, I'll be digging very Stand. deeply. The green beans yeah. that I wouldn't eat ever. Yeah, you know? exactly. Everybody's got those. And the expiration date's probably four years past due and you have no <laughs> idea. Just eat all my expired medications. <laughs> the rice check. The three boxes yeah. of rice checks that I have yet to actually finish that are halfway done. You know. For a very small amount of money. You can actually get something like what I've linked, and in this case, I linked the, uh, what was it, uh, something from Shelf Reliance. Yes, but it's 150 bucks, Samus. They have a cheaper ones. Money. They have cheaper ones that are smaller. This particular one that I'm looking at getting will do, what did they say, how many cans? 168 cans for food, which is enough to feed my family of three, and my two in-laws, if they were to come come and stay with us because they're not prepared. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's enough food that I could take care of the people in my immediate vicinity for, for 30 days. And the nice thing about it is it's very easy to rotate, and you don't have any of that food stuff that is 10 years old because you're using it, you're rotating it around, it's it's easy to to have this stuff under control, so that's what I'm talking about. Little things to help you get prepared. You know, plant a garden, rotate your food, oh, have nice. have plenty of ammunition, fortify that front door, shotguns, explosive landmines, <laughs> small mode. killer dogs, <laughs> Dobermans. I swear I'm not the crazy one in this relationship. <laughs> I swear it! Only sometimes. Only, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> we really do have a good time on our show, though. We don't... I can't believe you got him started on that. <laughs> Come on, it's time for the Glee Project. Oh, right. Okay. What else? We're almost done. Lessa, what did you learn last week with your episode about trolling? Ooh. Don't... Oh, well, I learned that uh, trolling isn't what you think it is. Because I thought trolling was just sort of lurking, like surfing the forum, seeing what kind of drama is going on. Because come on, drama's fun when you're not in the middle of it. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes drama it's if it's not about you. Accident. Exactly, yeah. you got to watch the accident. You don't want to. You don't want to be in it. That's right. Um, yeah. So I learned actually that I had mistaken the definition of trolling. I was mistaking lurking for trolling. Trolling is when you purposefully go into someone else's forum thread and make um, off-topic or irritating, purposefully irritating remarks in order to get other people's hackles up. That's trolling in its essence. That's what I learned. Very nice. 
All right, we are getting to the end of the program. Um, is there anything you wanted to add on any of the topics above that you didn't get to? Let me look at my list, which you is on a post-it note, by the way. <laughs> nice. I also wanted to tell you, I did not realize how dirty Skaggy the Poet was until you started reading his tweets on your show. I have, <laughs> I have lost all respect Skaggy for Skaggy the Poet. Seriously? No. Oh I'm my kidding. god, his voice is like velvet. It's like... <laughs> No, I don't think I... I think that we covered everything that I had planned to cover. Except that I think you should come on our show because I really like you. I really like you, too. Thanks! Yay! (laughs) We're going to be best friends! That would be awesome. (laughs) I'm only mildly pleased with either one of you at this point. (laughs) That's an important test, though, I feel I've passed. Ask from Samus. <laughs> That's really all you can ask is for him to be mildly pleased. <laughs> nice. All right. A thank you to Lessa and Samus for being here. You can listen to their show at ddococktailhour.com or find them on Twitter at Lessa, L-E-S-S-A-H, or Samus Garobo, S-A-M-I-U-S-G-U-R-O-B-O, both of which will be on the site you can see. I'd like to say thank you to my sponsor, MapHook. If you'd like to support the podcast, please click on their icon on jennyc.com or join the Gray Area Podcast group on MapHook. You can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, or on iTunes. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, please email me your questions at jennyc.gray at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode. Samus went through a bacon fetish. He probably has never left it. Oh my god, it's right here. Like, he already has it, like, pulled up. <laughs> it's in a window just waiting. <laughs> that's it. That's the bacon explosion. That's a disgusting. <laughs> Let me see. Oh my. Wow. Oh my god, it comes with a cozy. <laughs> <laughs> I like jalapeno and cheese version. Oh my god, there's variations of it. Yes. Yeah. It's disgusting. I think you deserve to die just for looking at it. Or at least your cholesterol deserves to go up 30 points just for looking at this website.